welcome to another Energy Crew uh, podcast. I'm your host, JP Warren, and we are actually uh, recording this at uh, in the bar area at Petroleum Club, mainly because every other single room, there's something booked up. So pardon the background noise. We apologize about that. And everyone, thanks for tuning in to Energy Crew uh, podcast. You can find us on any podcast. Uh, Obviously, you're listening to us right now, but like, subscribe. You know, I mean, we're, we're I'm pumping out podcasts left and right, so uh, you know, I don't want you to miss anything. You can find us on uh, on uh, Instagram at uh, at energy under, underscore crew, C R U E, and then also uh, www.energycrew.com for uh, some blog and some uh, some insights about kind of some random bullshit that I think about. So, thanks for tuning in. And with us today is uh, T J Goodpasture. The uh, hold on, your title's down here. It's not up there. You're the director of development for, um, gosh, this is so long. The National Wild Turkey Federation. I, and, and no, and for those who are listening, you know my love for bourbon. This is not that wild turkey. This is a different wild turkey. These are real things, the real deal, yeah, right? The feathered kind. The feathered kind. All right. right. Not, the, not the ones that. That we do like the wild or the other wild. We turkeys. like them both, man. So first off, thanks for coming in uh, uh, on this podcast. And uh, I really do appreciate it because this podcast, I think, uh, Obviously, the primary uh, you know people that listen to it are in the oil and gas industry. Um, however, I think it's 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 good to uh, to bring in you know uh, different organizations that um, you know that that we collaborate that we collaborate with that we work with that that have good um, uh, intentions and goals and missions. And I think this is a perfect opportunity because you're in town for what a banquet. Yeah, there's a there's a banquet tomorrow night in Houston. Okay. So yeah, All right. drove so, down for that. So you're in town for a banquet, and this is a perfect opportunity to kind of sit here and kind of share your story and your organization's story of uh, you know what y'all are what y'all are doing, what are your what challenges y'all are having, what y'all are accomplishing. So I appreciate that, and I think Absolutely. this ties in perfect to the uh, to the, uh, the the ESG narrative that's been out there right now about what are people doing to the, and that's exactly what your organization does. It's all about conservation of. Of wildlife um, and uh, and also a lot more than that you were saying, but Absolutely. we're gonna get into yeah. that. We're gonna get into that one step at a time. So what does TJ stand for? Uh, Timothy John. Timothy John. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. I'm James Patrick. Okay. All right. So that works. So very good. So talk to me, man. Tell me about your background. Where Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? How How'd you get to where you're at yeah. today? So it's a uh, it's a it's long. I'll give you the short version. But, hey, man. We but, uh, we got time. You can right. go ahead, man. I got Start spitting. So I, I grew up in Northwest Oklahoma, Enid, Oklahoma. All right. Um, so born and raised, was uh, grew up in a law enforcement family. Both my parents were uh, police officers. Both your parents. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, straight and narrow. Straight and narrow. Uh, and right. I can't I can't buy law enforcement uh, naturally, right? You know, uh, I mean, yeah. you're going to go one way or the other usually when you're a cop kid. Okay. Uh, so I went down the same path. I bet that's got to be tough growing up with two uh, police officer parents. I oh, mean, yeah. There's, there's probably Anything. very little wiggle room for very like little. getting out of line. Very little. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I I kept my nose clean and okay. Ended up uh, actually ended up in Tyler, Texas, as a as a police officer okay. for almost ten years. How was that? Uh, man, it's it's crazy. Go on. It's, uh, and I got out just in time. You know, the, all the craziness of the of the world today. Yeah. Um, man, I'm thankful I'm not not still there. Did you uh, enjoy it? You're, I loved it. Did it, you? Really? It was a really good job honorable job and the uh the camaraderie with the folks you work with you know i mean i'll bet the connections every, you make is every just day phenomenal. And stuff, you got each other's back and so that that's the hardest part of leaving is so that was a tough leaving those that, brothers and sisters fine you know that was but a tough decision it was very tough but uh you know i i think uh you know there's always a purpose oh yeah for, for the, the way i the completely that you leave. completely agree with that uh i, I couldn't be happier with with the path uh, that my 
where, where, went where down, you're at you know, now. So, so, so absolutely. So you were a police officer in uh, t- Tyler, yeah, right? And yeah. then you uh, then you went into uh, sales for a little bit. Yeah, sales and management. For okay, a construction. All right, type, type company. How was that? Uh, it was it was good. Learned a lot. It's it's not my passion. Yeah, uh, which took me a little bit of time to to realize that. But you know, I mean, instead of grinding it out, just being miserable, uh, you know, look for something, and, and something luckily kind of fell in my lap that. That you that, that you was did perfect. Tell me about so, it. Tell me about how you went from police officer to sales management to the National Wild Turkey Federation. So yeah, I was uh, one of my one of our customers. Yeah, in the in the construction company I worked for. Yeah, uh, happened to be the regional director for the National Wild Turkey Federation. Have you heard of the this, this before? This, this yeah. So so oddly enough I, I said you know i grew up around hunting and fishing and stuff and i was actually uh, a, a local and state nwtf scholarship award winner my senior year in okay. high school so we were involved and in, uh in my high school years going to local banquets so things you like knew that. about it and you, then, of course they helped kind of pay for you know those little, little right. scholarships are nice to, to yeah. help with school and stuff so uh so it was, it was really kind of cool to to be able to you know i mean that was 15 years later 16 years later, come back uh, and apply for a job with the organization that, you know, so you they got helped, a scholarship they, from. They, they got a scholarship for them? They have a, yeah, they have a, we have a, a big scholarship program um, with, uh, you probably heard of Mossy Oak yeah. Camouflage. Yeah. So they're, um, they're our main sponsors of our national scholarship program. Uh, but we have, each state has a, a state and, and local chapters have a local scholarship yeah. program and, uh, that's gonna so. be such a cool thing though get, getting a getting a, a scholarship from from this organization oh, and, then, and then after yeah you're right like after a decade and a half like you're back because you you've experienced what they do yeah. and, and, the, and how they help people and and how they contribute and the fact you're there doing that i i, I think that's yeah. a pretty cool path yeah it is it's a cool uh complete cycle yeah it really people. is i like that though uh, but now it's so, now it's your chance to do something so. bigger and better for yeah you. absolutely absolutely so 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 I ended up getting the uh, replaced our, our regional director that was a customer. Okay. Um, replaced him as a regional director for West, Western Oklahoma. Oh man! And, hey, uh, first off, again, apologize everyone for the background noise, but hey, sometimes you just gotta bootstrap these that's things. Right. We'll push through. Oh man, we gotta rough it. Go uh, ahead. But yeah, so I, I was running banquets, dealing with um, relationships with all of our volunteers, supporting them. So I mean, we're grassroots. That sounds uh, pretty fun, though. Organization. It's it is a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a lot of time on the road, just going and and making sure that our volunteers have what they need, uh, to to do our fundraising. And mission. you cover Oklahoma, Texas, and Louisiana. I do now. I do now. That's uh, a, when I was doing the banquets. It was just Western Oklahoma, Western half of the state. Was that a, was that an interesting thing to start learning how to, I guess, create banquets and all that stuff from going from your previous? Yeah, roles? you know, you know, so you learn how to deal with a lot of different personalities as a police officer. Oh. I can imagine. Kind of deal and talk to anybody, right? Right. And and so that's a really good skill to to learn as you as you start entering into the world of, yeah. of fundraising and, and stuff like that. Cause you have volunteers from all different walks of life, all different personalities. All different energies. Uh, that different that, ones get, yeah. you know, upset about certain things or Some you know, people whatever. So you gotta be able to deal harder. with that. Yeah. And you can't you you can't just, you know, let it bother you and frustrate you. you go with that. Uh, okay. You know, so you have to be able to be able to deal with that. But then, you know, I I was really big on the marketing side of things when I was doing construction okay. and things like that. Marketing, growing, growing, uh, you know, brand a, awareness. Brand yeah. And, and I, okay. Size of, so it, it, everything that I've done has kind of just Helped shaped you. my skills yeah. to be able to come and, and do something like this. And so, you know, it's, it, it was really cool to be, to be able to learn all that and then, and then use it 
So then, so you go from, you go literally from a regional director to director of development. And that's, that's where it encompasses uh, those the three Multiple states. states. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's uh, seven directors of development that cover the United States for NWTF. Okay. And so uh, right now I'm, I'm covering Oklahoma, Texas, and Louisiana. Which is a, a massive territory. Those are some pretty big states. And like, too. I, like I told you earlier, I drive everywhere. So do, I, do you listen to books? Or you do I listen to a lot of books. Okay, uh, and podcasts. I can't get into. I, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna cancel my Audible. Like I've tried. Oh, really? I, dude, I've tried. I just God. Every time I die, I just I just can't get into it. I, th- I think more like I think I like reading books now, and I like listening to podcasts in the car. Yeah, or music yeah, mainly, yeah. but. Yeah, I can't do books. Yeah, what kind of books do you, do you get into? You know, I I listen to a a lot of. <laughs> thriller spy spy okay. type books things like that something i, I kind of like that like just world a, war ii spy stuff no, like, like like modern like modern day, day stuff okay. is what i'm kind of what i've been doing right. right now um and you know it's just something to kind of take my mind off I dig of, it. of the real wor- world I, and i can i think that's so, what that's what reading should be uh, about I, and i try to find books that are follow a, a character yeah that have a bunch of them and then i kind of binge that that series kind of like you would a. Uh, yeah. TV series, you know. Well, I mean, if you're in your car so, covering those three little states, yeah. 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 So, and then, and then you, you know, you kind of get to know those characters, and then you're kind of sad when. Oh you no! Run I, out of books. Trust read, me, you know? I get like, it. Dang it! I know. So, I hope they're okay. Yeah. I gotta wait. Yeah, and you know, a lot of them are gotta wait a year. I mean, I put uh, actually it was on my calendar for yesterday. You know, my one of my favorite ones. There's like 20 books that I read all of them last year, and. So I'm out, and, it, and the new one came out yesterday. So I had it in my calendar. To, oh, so that like, doesn't make that trip home nice. One. And then it's like, okay, it's a 10-hour book. So what trip am I going to listen to that on? You know, so I don't have to stop. I actually like that. I dig that. So I have a lot of eight, nine, ten-hour drives. So you're so you're so, doing, so okay. So you're I can you're, listen you're to behind the wheel, That's right. right? You're you're taking the roads, listening to these books. So now, okay, so you landed into the director of development role. The best time ever when it comes to um, uh, fundraising. Yeah, yeah. Tell so, me about that. So I got I got the position in uh, July of 2019, but you know I was still having to take care of the banquet side of things. We didn't actually get my replacement hired for that stuff. So it was a little transition. So the transition really got finished up about first of December. Uh, I spent okay. I spent just a you know. You're coming up to the end Two of the months. year, Christmas, and so it's kind of a slow period. And then January, tried to make a couple trips, and, and then I old mean, February, it was it was you know crazy. So, you just got this new role. You're there for about two months now, full time. The world shuts down. I'm assuming donations probably plummeted because people were very nervous, holding on to the money. Yeah, they didn't know what the future was going to happen. How, how was that for you, and how did you respond to that? Well, you know. Our our job and the way we do things, it's a lot of face to face. Right. I mean, you you can't you can't sit and it's it's tough to ask people for money over the phone, right? Oh yeah. Uh, especially large amounts of money and can't cultivate those relationships because it's a it's a trust building. Absolutely. Got to build those relationships, and when people don't want to meet, it's really hard. Um. So so we did the best we could. You know, we we went with phone calls, Zoom meetings. We had as an organization, we had a a major massive uh, fundraising drive okay um had some goals out there and and you know it was really cool to see even though all the all the craziness in the world with covid and you know i mean it, it affected people that we knew yeah I mean, everybody had had somebody um oh, but yeah. our volunteers our grassroots uh folks that that were die that are diehard supporters you know they rallied they held 
online fundraisers, raffles. They kept it going. Um, they, they kept, they the, kept, the momentum kept as going. much going. Um, obviously, an online fundraiser is not going to be the same as a, a on uh-huh. in person banquet. But you know, they just they got creative. They did whatever they could, you know, to to help you know the the organization that do they believe in. And then you know we we kind of helped on the development side, offset some of that with with some of our our well established relationships with donors that we say, hey, you know, it may not be what. It was what you before. were gonna do, or what it was before, but can you help us out? Any bit helps, right and now. Uh, you know, we just we did it. So, how what's the primary channels that 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 the National uh, uh, Wild Turkey Federation uh, raises funds? Is, is it so banquets? It's and, banquets is is about ninety percent of our, really? our fundraising. And so, what happens uh, there? Are those like silent auctions? What what, what kind Live of banquet? auctions? I mean, the it's kind of whatever the the volunteers want to do to put it together. You know, a lot of them go out. They'll get trips donated by their through their connections. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll see dogs really get donated and auctioned off. Okay. Uh, guns, lots of guns. A lot of uh, stuff. We like, we like to give guns away. A lot of stuff then, that yeah, focuses on outdoors and the hunting. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and then, then you know, a lot, a lot of times, even the ladies will get involved and they'll put like a ladies' table together. Right. So I mean, it's just whatever they want to do. Um, Usually, a pretty good time. It's always a good time. Where's it at? Uh, this, where's it at? Uh, this, and it's tomorrow, right? It so is, we're, is tomorrow night. We're recording this on uh, July uh, 23rd, so it's going to be the 24th yes. of 2021. So where's it at? Uh, is it the Stein Room? Where's that? It's, uh, it's up northwest Houston. Okay. All right. So I don't I I don't know. I mean, of, what is that, 290? And I feel like there's so many places right that have opened and closed throughout throughout past year and a half i feel like very outdated when it comes to like what's what's new and where's that yeah, yeah yeah so anyway so how so are you expecting a pretty good attendance this year yeah i think i think just looking at what they're doing again i i'm not directly involved with the planning process of those so uh, i'm not in always in the know on it but uh but i've been kind of peeking looking at ticket sales and stuff it looks good i mean it's i think people are, a good, people are ready good banquet people are ready to get back out people are ready to get back in front of people they are very ready um Banquets that are happening right now are rocking and rolling. Oh, they are. If, if you can get volunteers together and rallied and get them to put one on, they're they're breaking records. Let's talk a little bit about NWTF. That's National Wild Turkey Federation. So let's go. let's talk a little bit about that because that's kind of what I want you to hear to, uh, to do is kind of uh, tell more about you know you, yeah. what, what you're doing, what your cause, and and kind of how it correlates and ties into the oil and gas industry, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, we were we were established in 1973, a conservation organization dedicated to the conservation of the wild turkey and uh, preservation of our hunting heritage. So kind of a two-prong attack there. Right. Because um, you can't have one without the other. And, you know, if, if you're a turkey hunter, if you've ever heard turkeys gobbling in the wild, um, that's in large part because of the National Wild Turkey Federation and their what efforts. Do you, what do you mean by that? Go so, on. So in... Because I read this and I was pretty... The early 1900s, by, yeah. uh, there was only about one and a half million turkeys left in the whole country. Okay. Um, so they were very much on the oh, decline, yeah. been overhunted, you know, almost almost gone. And, uh, you know, with efforts through the state agencies, um, they were slowly coming back. but. Yeah. They had a lot of issues with being able to uh, get turkeys moved across from state to state uh, because of federal law and stuff and like that. And they can't drive. And they can't drive. So, right. yeah. So the, uh, the NWTF was established. They kind of helped figure out the, uh, the ins and outs of trading and trapping and transferring birds, okay. wild game from state to state, uh, which was a very significant uh, factor in, in establishing 
huntable populations in 49 of the 50 states. Okay. So, um, and so the numbers, so after 1973, when, uh, and WTF was formed, I mean, the, the, the turkey population. Yeah. It's, was, uh, it got up to almost 7 million as a, so as a it high. went from, so 1.5 million to 7 million, over 7 million. Yeah, that's tremendous. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's one of the greatest conservation success stories uh, <coughs> out there. Yeah, you know, it sounds it. it. It's huge, and you know, it's uh, it's it's our it's where we came from. You know, it's that's that's what got us started, and you know, we like to hang our hat on the fact that you know we were a big part of that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 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 it started. So the turkey populations are going up. Um. So what else, what are some of the main uh, goals or the mission of uh? Yeah. So. So with that, you know, we kind of, it's kind of like, Hey, you, you establish huntable populations in all 49 or 49 of the 50 states. Alaska is the only one we don't have. Okay. Uh, why not? Uh, I guess it's just too cold and they just never really took. They're doing their own thing. But we got them on Hawaii in Hawaii. Really? So if you, if you need to go to Hawaii for a turkey hunt, there you go. You know what? You know what? If oil creeps up to a certain point and it blows and goes the way I'm sh- let's go to Hawaii. Let's for a do turkey it. Hunt. Let's do it. If we have to go to Hawaii for a turkey I'll do it. That's right. All right. Okay. Very good. All right. I'll hold you to that. Um, so, so yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a time where it's like, okay, cool. We did all this. Now what's next? You know, what do we do now? So that's where, uh, the organization really started shifting focus to habitat work, um, maintaining, you know, we got to maintain the habitat. So what does that look look like? You might want to speak a little bit closer just because there's more people came in. So what does that look like maintaining the habitats? So, you know, good habitat takes good management. It's not a just set it out there and forget about it. So you think about forest management. Wildfires right now are a okay. big, big deal out in the West, right? right? Well, a lot of that's because those states have done away with their forest management. So they've let things get thick. Overgrown. They've let fire fuels just grow and grow and grow. And then when a fire happens, it's catastrophic, right? Right. But think about... Um, programs that go in and they help thin those keep those forests thinned out keep those forests healthy uh keep the the fuel load so that's so that's kind of similar what y'all do so well we do a lot of that um we're actually the uh third or fourth largest timber purchaser from the national forest service uh, which blows a lot of people away so what what we do is stewardship programs with them where basically we're given the contract uh, on different places to go in and harvest the the timber on the national forest. Okay. Uh, then instead of a, a for profit company, you know, going in harvesting timber and, and right. making money off of it, we 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 harvest it, oversee the harvest of it, take the profits, and we turn it back into conservation work really? on the ground. That's a pretty smart so, way to. Yeah, it's it's a great like great that. deal. Um, and so you know, the Forest Service likes that because it's it's keeping money and, and yeah, helping fund habitat work. Okay. Um, but you know that that's. That's forest management that we're part of, and we've got foresters in, in a lot of different states um, that are uh, that are out there working with private landowners, state agencies. How do you stay in touch or on top of everything? Because I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. Like what you're saying right now, you're like, oh yeah, you know, habitat and forest. Like I'm just thinking about land and how much land there is between the three, oh, yeah. the, the three yeah. states. So like, how, how do you check how things are? I mean, how do you how do you keep your finger on the pulse? It's it's tough because. You know, in my job, I got to be able to kind of have enough ammo to to have those conversations. But obviously, there's there's so much I, I yeah. can't know. I'm not going to know everything. Um, we have biologists that on staff that that oversee a lot of that conservation okay. work. Um, you know, but but really, it's it's what's you know my region. What's important in my region? That's that's kind of where I try to stay 
dangerous and up to up to speed on what's going on. Um, but again, Oklahoma to Louisiana is a lot of different ecosystems and piney woods, native so, prairie, I mean, you know, so prairie, prairies. When you travel and go places, are you meeting with people? Are you meet like like where are you like? I'll meet with anybody that wants to meet. Really? <laughs> yeah, but uh, a lot of individuals, um, business owners, foundations uh, deal with a lot of those. Okay. Um, so just, just whoever, uh, you know, can kind of help. And so how, how are you finding people are more, uh, more eager to meet these days? Yeah, it's, it's definitely getting a lot easier, um, to, to get those meetings. And okay. People wanting to hear more about what we're doing and, and, so, and t- what like are, so what are we all doing? Tell me about so, it. So yeah, we're, we're really focusing on, uh, starting to kind of refocus on large initiatives, which will allow our biologists to kind of build a, a, you know, a larger partnership with lots of different organizations, uh, non-traditional partners like municipalities who might be worried about good idea. where their clean water's coming, you know, yeah. water sources are coming from. So we have like the Rocky Mountain Restoration Initiative that's focusing on the Rocky Mountains and, and the rivers that come out of the Rocky Mountains. Uh, the riparian work that we're doing is helping make sure that that, that stuff stays clean, okay. stays healthy, because um, it all flows down through you yeah. know, all the rest of the country. Right. And so it's it's super important. I know it's super important to the, the oil and gas industry right now is ensuring that we have water for, for future generations. And so it's like, why not take advantage of, of making sure that's happening while we're also making sure we have good turkey and, and upland habitat along those those stream sides and those river sides and stuff like that. So that's a lot of what we're doing. Uh, a lot of uh, prairie grassland restoration you know, there's there's a lot of uh, historic prairie that, you know, fire's been suppressed, right. prescribed fire. And so trying to rebuild that, that prescribed fire culture, helping landowners get educated on the benefits of native grasses versus just putting everything in Bermuda, things okay. like that, you know, so... Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of educational aspect of it. Tell me about the, tell me about the, you told me something before, before we started recording about the hunting side of things, about the, the average demographic of the hunters and, and, and tell me about that initiative about, um, uh, I guess yeah, recruiting the, yeah, more, the more, R3 literally recruiting movement. more hunters. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of the other, the other side of, of NWTF is the, the preservation of our hunting heritage because, you know, a lot of people don't realize how important, uh, hunters are to the, the funding of conservation. So you know, what the studies have, have been showing is that hunters are getting older. And, and what I mean by that is like, like the average license holder, hunting license holder is, is now 55 years old. And that's, it, that's, that's getting older I every saw, year. That's when you told me that I was shocked. I was yeah. like, I don't like, man, I, I, I'm not calling you a liar, but man, I doubt that because everyone I yep. know my age and younger goes hunting, but man, I, I, I didn't think about that, but that, yep. it's, I guess it's one of those things that's probably more popular back in the, uh, it was because the they did it for a different reason. You know, when, when you think about, uh, you know, our grandfathers and yeah. stuff growing up hunting, they, they were doing it to put food on their table. And then, and then we had kind of a, a shift to more our generation of doing it for, for sport. Yep. Um, you know, we, we still ate what we killed, but. That was more yeah, of a treat. Right. Yeah. I was right. like, oh, let's, you know, wrap yeah. these dubs. Let, yeah. Let's, yeah. Um, let's, let's get as big of a, big of antlers on the ground as we can yeah. and we'll eat it because that's what you do but that wasn't the main reason um and then it, and then it kind of shifted to today's generation of you know or kind of started with our generation that uh, it was getting harder to find places to hunt it was getting more expensive to to lease land um you know 
So, so that was pushing so more hunters to public land, but public lands are they're not growing. You know, we're not we're not adding enough public land. Yeah. So now you're pushing everybody onto smaller pieces. You know, and people just kind of got quality, uh, frustrated. Qual- yeah, and the quality when you're on a public land, not the quality of you know wildlife is kind of you know, slim to no when it comes yeah. to hunting, especially because right. you're competing against everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. So so that's very unfortunate because those hunting licenses, the the purchase of all that equipment, stuff like that. That's that's the money that's used to fund. Conservation work. Uh, okay, so when there's a decrease in the number of hunters and all the, the, the licenses and, and the tags and all the stuff that they're getting, that's not the, the money's that's coming into uh, NWTF's not, not coming in. Anymore. Well, it's not coming into the the state agencies okay. who oversee all the all the management work. So that's a problem right there. So that's it's a huge problem. Um, so you know, it's kind of like I was trying to tell you uh, before we before we started the the Pittman Robertson fund. That's a federal. Uh, excise tax on, on yeah. our hunting equipment, things like that. All that that money is split up among, uh, amongst the states based on how many hunting and fishing licenses they sell. So if their hunting license numbers are going down, now they're not getting as much money allocated to them each year. It's kind of a suffocating, and so, and kind of a suffocating situation. Yeah, and that's, that's what they use to operate, right? So if uh, they don't have enough money to just barely get by, pay their employees and, and their general operations, then... How does anything additive ever happen? You know. So how do you actually recruit hunters in for this this new generation? Well, we're we're still trying to figure that out. Really? Uh, there there's a large uh, what we call locavore movement. Um, there's there's been such a shift on where's my food come from. I want good organic meat. I yeah. don't I don't want you know I don't grocery yeah. store antibiotics and That's something whatever. Be, it'll be called back probably for some yeah. So Salamone outbreak or exactly, something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we've seen a huge shift in that and we've taken advantage of of that in non-traditional people bringing them in yeah. and starting to teach them how to hunt. But it's it's gotten away from, you know, I hunt cuz my dad taught me to hunt cuz his dad taught him to hunt. Now we're having to kind of break that mindset and say, "Hey, you know, if you want to know where your your food comes from, Come on, we'll show you how to do so it. So it's kind of like a hipster movement a yeah, little bit. almost. Okay. You know, it's kind uh, of, yeah, and call it what it yeah, is, man. Exactly. But you know what? That's, that's fine. Absolutely. They enjoy it. I mean, Absolutely. you don't have to be. You're, you're, my father didn't have to teach me and his father taught, if I enjoy hunting. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I might just go out Absolutely. like them and go do it. So we got a lot of we get a lot of new hunters, you know, like in their 30s. Really? You know, that that never hunted. And That's kind of a cool know, thing so to get into they, in your 30s. Yeah, absolutely. And then now they're having kids. And so now hopefully we kind of restart that cycle of, you know, my dad – learned out you know my dad hunted but he didn't start till he was third in his 30s and he's but now he's now. teaching me so so that's a, a big part of it. a lot of our a lot of our state agencies are putting uh stuff in the classroom really curriculum good uh wildlife and they'll do a whole hunter's ed curriculum uh archery in the schools lots of things and so so we see value in that because now the kids are getting excited about it they're going home Talking hey, about it. Hey, Dad, Dad, I want to learn how to hunt. Do you, you know, why, why haven't we been doing this? Oh, and it's like, well, shoot, now I better. Yeah. Go, we should go, though. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so, you know, it's cool. I mean, it's just trying to think outside the box. And, and that's a, that's has, a major, has that been fun major for you? part. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, it's a fun part for me. I've, I've got a, a 10-year-old nephew that uh, he his, his mom, my sister, right. never, never hunted. She could care less so, about it. So you're kind of, uh, so, that's pretty so fun time, I get though. to kind of do that with him, and, and it's been a lot of fun taking him deer hunting. Dude, and, talk about a bonding moment, too. Oh, man. I mean, every, I, yeah, that's, to, to me, I think the benefit of that is just kind of getting out there and 
putting everything away and just having that those moments with, oh, with yeah. people. You know what but I mean? To, to me, it's uh, it, it's as much or more fun seeing him be successful, yeah. or, or even even some of the people that I, I get to take turkey hunting now. You know, I, I, it's just so much more rewarding to have them be there and, and see that they're having a good time and experiencing the things that you know I experienced as a kid but, or, but you're, or whatever. But you're seeing them with them for the first time, right. and, and, you're, and you're seeing that excitement, you're seeing that thrill, and exactly. The, and the, and there's a moment when they fall in love with it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I like so, that. It's uh, it's very rewarding. So talk to me about how the oil field and uh, NWTF kind of uh, work together. Yeah. Or why do we have the same goals? Well, you know, I, and I think uh, so. This is I'm not to, I'm not to interrupt. So this is important for me to, to kind of you for I think for y'all for whoever because we are you know environmental. I haven't met one person in the only gas industry that's like, oh man, yeah, screw the environment. Everyone here is like pretty much environmentalist. We oh, like it a lot. The problem is, you know, you hear environmentalists, you think, you know, tree hugging hippie from California in the 60s. But no, like, it's yeah. true. Everyone in the only gas industry is pretty much a, 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 a wildlife, you know, they, they love it. Definitely. So, definitely. This kind of correlates to that because it's the same goal. Absolutely. And I, I think I have a, a unique perspective on that coming. Spit growing it. up in in oil country in Oklahoma, yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's always something that I've been aware of, and so kind of in this in this position, it's like in my mind, I see so much potential for for partnerships and collaboration and and helping tell that story of all the great things that come out of the oil and gas industry that nobody knows about because it's like you said, they just automatically think that it's evil. And, and we also do a pretty you know, piss poor job of actually explaining the, um, the things we do. Right. You yeah. Know? You don't tell a story very good. We we've had those same issues as, as our organization in our organization, um, telling people about all these different things. Cause most people, the stuff we've talked about right now have, they have no idea that we do all those things yeah. and, and much more. I didn't know either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's one thing that we're working on is, is doing a better job telling that story. And I think that the oil and gas industry needs help in that area as well. And, and, you know, I tell people, I want to be the guy that kind of helps start that movement of, you know, let's, let's tell about that. Let's, let's show them supporting programs and, and different things and putting magazine articles out there to the world. Just communicate. You know? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I, th I think there's a lot of potential in, in the world of, of clean water, water resources, like I said, we're we're really focusing on on a lot of that, and so, you know, I think there's a lot of areas that one very much in particular that that overlaps our mission with the oil and gas mission of, yeah. of making sure that future generations have clean water and, and wildlife and, and things like that. So, you know, I, I would assume that would be a huge opportunity for for y'all to team up with a couple of oil and gas uh, operator service companies or whatever that I, is. I, to me, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a business in the oil and gas industry that wouldn't want to support something like that. Right. You know, I mean, it's it, an, it doesn't it's matter right. what, what it's part a, you're in. It's in line with everyone's, the ESG movement. It's in line with people's hobbies. It's in line with people's passions and interests. Cause absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the majority of my friends are turkey hunters you absolutely. Know, and, and you know it. Absolutely. And you know, it's like, <clears throat> uh, I, I think one of the coolest things when you talk about the money that, that we get, um, our national average for, for leveraging dollars is eight to one. So, you know, you give me a hundred dollars and we turn it into $900 Go on, of work on the ground. Talk to me. You know, that's, that's our biologists are, are out there, um, finding match 
they're they're leveraging those dollars. You know, if we if we donate uh, to a project through the state agency, they're they're getting those Pittman Robertson funds. That's an automatic three to one match. Oh, um, so so your money gets, goes a long way. Goes a lot long 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 way. Yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like. Uh, and so I think that's good. I mean, who who wouldn't want that kind of return on their investment? So instead of getting dollar for dollar, you know, you're getting. Eight to one, eight, nine to one. Eight, nine, ten to one. That's you know? impressive. Um, the uh, the million dollar gift that we got a few years ago that I was telling you about earlier. Uh, that was from an oil and gas company. It was from oil and gas industry. Um, the first uh, 400,000 of that or so, we, we averaged a 65 to one match rate. 65 to one? 65 to one. Holy shit. Yeah. That's incredible. It's huge. It's huge. And you, I mean, you don't think that they I can't like even fathom that right now. You don't think they like getting that stewardship report, yeah, and saying, "Wow, look what they did with our money." But it's also something that you can actually see. You know, Absolutely. it's not like oh, it's going to this the, this cloud and all that stuff. Right, it's, it's, it's right. And you can go look at the forest that got enhanced or yeah. cleaned up and saved from wildfire because of of their money. So, what's some of your next uh, some of y'all's next initiatives and goals, or or a focus that you'd like to? do do more in your time yeah so so the big one for me uh we 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 haven't even officially launched this yet but it's it's a riparian uh restoration project initiative um tabbed right now waterways for wildlife whether it stays that or not uh, i like that yeah i dig that kind of tell you kind of tells you read it and you know exactly what what it's for right keeping it simple so so you think about all these uh, river systems up and down New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, right. all through the Great Plains that, you know, about 85 to 90 percent of wildlife de- depend on at some point in yeah. their life. So we're going to focus on those areas. Um, it's going to allow us to do more more work on private property, working with landowners. So, you know, again, oil and gas industry deals with a lot of private landowners. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, relationships are important with theirs. So. You know, I think again, more overlap. You know, you can you can have those conversations with with your landowners to say, hey, we have this resource, a partner in the NWTF that you know could offer technical advice or get you pointed in the right direction. Or with this program, they may even have you know cost share. So that possibility. So that's something y'all would do too. Kind of go out as kind of an advisory role too. Absolutely, tech technical advice, um, or we just get them in the right there. It's amazing how many resources are out there for private landowners that they have no idea are available to them. It's all about communication. And so, you it's know, I mean, if you get with the right person or you yep. talk to our, our biologist, even though maybe they're not the ones that come out, they give, give you a list of five people who can come look or help that's, you That's with a your huge stuff. benefit, though. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a big, big part of, again, communicating, educating you know, just the general public. So we're focused on three things, raising funds right now, um, uh, uh, increasing the number of hunters and yep. educating people about hunting and all that. But yep. be- because hunting, you know, some people might think that's like, wait a minute, it's a wild life turkey, but it's also a, a promotion of hunting, but it's, it's a balance. It's, it's the yeah, whole landscape's a balance. Absolutely. And then the third thing is now that this is the waterways uh, for wildlife. Yeah. It's a big yeah. focus. Absolutely. Okay. And we have initiatives like this, so you'll like this one because I know I know you're a, a bourbon aficionado. <sighs> Me? Um, okay. So we're losing white oak forest at an alarming rate, right? What What's made out of white oaks? Uh, barrels. Yeah. You see, uh, there's a white oak initiative. White oaks are also great 
uh, turkey food. Acorns, they love okay. white oaks. Deer love to eat white oak. Oh, acorns. So that's a real. That's a something you brought. So, up. That's something you brought up. This before. is it's a, a an initiative that's on that we're a part of right now. Well, I think it's the white the, oak initiative. I think you need to get the. So, how, how, what are y'all doing with that initiative? Give me the details uh, so, on that. so the bourbon industry is very, very much involved in okay. this. Um, because they also realize that you know, in fifty years, if we don't do something, they're they're going to start having problems. Oh yeah, uh, being able to to have barrels and stuff. So God, it's just a matter of of regenerating forest. You know, managing forest, making sure that there's there's more white oaks being planted and and cultivated to to last for generations. But you know, if somebody if somebody doesn't say we got to do, hey, do something, then you're going to turn around and. 40, 50 years, and they'll be like, well, we have no barrels because we have no trees. Yeah, we have one one bottle of Blanton's throughout yeah, the country. That's exactly, it. Exactly. God, so Mad Max times. Well, one thing that you mentioned uh, earlier, which I thought was a great, great point, it's like it's not just the turkeys that you're – that that are benefiting from this. It's, it, Absolutely. It's, every, it's, every, it's pretty much the entire environment. Absolutely. The specific habitat. Absolutely. I mean, you think about grassland restoration through the, the – the native, the prairies and yeah. plains, you know, Great Plains, uh, Texas, all the way up north. There's a lot of, of non-game species of birds and stuff that, you know, the eastern meadowlark is declining in huge numbers. Things that we do to restore the native prairies benefits meadowlarks, you know. Yeah. Uh, piney woods areas where, where we do work yeah. uh, on in, in pine forests and stuff. Well, the, the, the woodpeckers that are endangered over there. You know they're benefiting so i mean lots of it's just a lot of spillover you know, pollinators monarchs monarch butterflies yeah. that are you, you hear and the bees you know everybody's worried it's about the butterflies and the bees but pollinator habitat the stuff that, yeah. that is needed for monarchs and, and bees and stuff is great brood habitat for turkeys and quail and so so pretty much hey where the where the turkey is absolutely. That's, that's that's where the party's at for absolutely. a lot of other things. Absolutely. So uh, a good turkey population is, we call it a keystone species because if you got good turkey population everything else right. everything else it's kind of indicative of of a healthy ecosystem. Okay. So I didn't know so, that. Yeah, absolutely. I love learning stuff yeah, on the it, show. It's fun. And that's why I like I like working for this organization because it's I love to hunt turkeys. I love turkeys but you know, I like I like benefit everything else too. That's such a cool. That's such a cool line. Like, yeah, I love hunting turkeys, but I'm also on the National uh, Wild Turkey Federation. Like, yeah. I, I think that's so, that's that's pretty that's a pretty cool uh, little uh, path you're on. Absolutely. Right now, so how many banquets y'all have a year? You know, pre-COVID, they were doing seventeen hundred a year across the country, something Gosh, like that. Okay. Um, so I don't really know what it's at right now. It's it's we we lost a lot. Yeah. Uh, with COVID, a lot of people did. Um, you know, it was it's been a year of they. People found other things to do, and so now you're kind of having to recruit people back in and kind of the get them going in, again. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but the ones that are going are rock, like I said, rocking and rolling and, and doing great. So, well, do that. So, give me real quick. How can people reach out to you or find out more information about this or one of the initiatives that you, you have going if they want to talk to you more? Yeah. So, uh, the easiest easiest way to find us uh, nwtf.org is our is our website nwtf.org. Um, if and you want. T mentioned your your connection your your contact too on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, my I'm on LinkedIn. That's uh, how we TJ met. Good pastor. Yeah. yeah, LinkedIn's been great. It really has, uh, man. Like I've made I made so many good like introductions and friends from like just sitting on LinkedIn, which I yep. you never would have before. Yeah, it's Same crazy. Here. Same here. Um, it's just a whole different caliber of people and and their mindset. It's just it's been amazing. Yeah, so, really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. 
my email address. If, if you want to send me an email, it's uh, just tgoodpasture at nwtf.net. Okay. Um, pretty easy to find and uh, or send me a message. On, yeah, on I, I, I definitely think it's something. I mean, if, for anyone out there that, you know, kind of enjoys the outdoors and, you know, uh, you know, wants the preservation of it and who loves turkey hunting, because I'm thinking like seven people right now off the top of my head who love who are avid turkey hunters. Um, I highly recommend you just reach out to TJ, say hello, um, connect with him, um, and just either learn something more. Maybe you might know someone that, 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 that would like to kind of look at these, uh, look at these initiatives more. And I will say we're a, we're a 501 C3 organization. So it's important to put out uh, there. Yeah. Very important to know that, you know, your, your donations are, are potentially tax deductible. Okay. So people like, uh, he likes some tax benefits. Absolutely. That's what Absolutely. people like these days. But I think I think that's the thing, though. I mean, I think it's such a good thing for you, like what y'all are doing and you coming on. Like, I mean, I think I think getting the word out about this. I mean, it only helps, uh, you know, the hunters of today and the uh, I mean, it helps the turkeys, but not the turkeys of tomorrow. That, that's absolutely. where the hunters come in and take yeah. care of them. Absolutely. So, man, I wish you the best uh, success for this. And uh, yeah, have fun at that uh, banquet, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You stand, you stand uh, up in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Got got me room up there. and. There we go. I am a hotel. That's the way to do it. And then back so, on the road, huh? On the road. How long is the trip for you? Uh, straight through, get home, probably eight and a half hours or so. So, But then you have, what, two more chapters of that book? Yeah. So, yeah. So so you know, that's, I've got them lined up. You might as well loop the block a little right, bit. Right, right. Until you're done. I've got, uh, I've got a couple on standby. There so you go. Ready to go. Well, man, I appreciate yeah. you coming in on this uh, Friday afternoon. Absolutely. I wish I wish you all the best. Again, this is TJ Goodpasture from the uh, Nash, the, the director of development at the uh, National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, find him on uh, find him on LinkedIn. Uh, shoot him a net message. Say hello. Um, uh, let let the oil and gas uh, community give him a warm warm welcome back in uh, from post COVID. So thanks a lot, man. I wish All you right. the best. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.